G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Conquering fear about money. Returning to this important dimension of Christian faith and really where it comes down to where the rubber hits the road in families today. Money and how we think of that ourselves and how we teach our children to thrive. Our special guest today says fear of money learned in our own experience is a major barrier to moving past our current circumstances. Justin Pagotto, who leads 1010 Life, says we conquer fear and our past through knowledge and taking risks. He specialises in helping parents raise happy, confident, money-smart kids using simple systems that teach about money, not only through theory, but also in practice. Justin Pagotto leads the ministry called 1010, based on John 1010, that says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Justin Pagotto, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Always a pleasure to be here. Hey, Justin, just touching on John 10.10 for a moment. The thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I wonder whether uh, you've got a thought or two on how this relates to money and possessions and stewardship, those sorts of things that, you know, we might have found that we've been able to accumulate uh, we don't want to lose those things. Uh, any thoughts here? Because some people will say, isn't this a spiritual type of a scripture, you know, having life to the full? What are your thoughts here on some practical implications for John chapter 10, verse 10? Great question, Neil. And that's a big, we could talk for a long time on this, I think. Maybe we uh, will. <laughs> uh, so the first thing is, you know, all of life is spiritual. We can't, we don't have a spiritual life and a secular life and a, uh, physical life and you know a financial life they're all interwoven under the lordship of Christ so in this scripture Jesus is saying that the thief comes to kill steal and destroy and one of the the big uh, planks that the enemy tries to do is to keep people in poverty and to keep people in lack because if you can keep people in poverty and lack uh, you can steal their dreams and their God-given uh, inheritance and so I would uh, vehemently argue that um, God wants us to be good stewards of our money and to have more than enough so we can actually uh, give away and generate you know, things for his glory. And the reality is if we are always under pressure time-wise, if we're always under pressure money-wise, uh, it's going to be very hard to fulfill the, the call of God in our lives. This idea of keeping you in poverty, uh, sometimes there seems to be uh, what I might suspect is a misperception 
that somehow or other God thinks that being in poverty is a good thing. Uh, Any thoughts here? Because uh, there is a poverty mentality that can be a part of uh, Christian life for some, and sometimes that's because of our upbringing. Uh, What are your thoughts here? Does does God want to keep people in poverty? Uh, Of course, there's there's also some some concerns about, you know, when you are into prosperity, you're into what some might call a prosperity gospel, which has, has some really big bad downsides. But this thought, does God want to keep people in poverty? I would say absolutely not, because you have to look at, you know, what is the nature, what is the characteristic of God, and what was his original design. So Adam and Eve, you know, had everything they needed. They were in perfect, uh, perfect relationship with God. And so I think I'd be very wary of saying that God would wants to keep us poor or keep us disempowered. Uh, I don't think it's in the nature of God. Now, having said that, uh, having much is actually a great call on your life as well because it comes with the challenge to actually steward it well. And as you said, we don't want to go down the prosperity gospel path where uh, we have possession simply to uh, accumulate, to consume. Uh, We want to actually be good stewards so we can actually... Uh, bring those things under the Lordship uh, so the Kingdom of God can benefit. Um, You know, one of the things which I really want to uh, talk about, like fear can often be used as a convenient excuse so you don't have to change or you don't have to actually take action. And so I think when some people say, you know, money is evil or uh, God doesn't want us to pursue uh, money or business or investment, it actually can be a very convenient excuse to actually just do nothing and to actually hide your uh, your light under a under a what is it under, under a bushel, bushel under a, yeah. yeah that's right and so um, you know the miners the parable of the miners suggests that that uh, God's not overly pleased when we actually don't take the things He's given us and that could be money time um, gifts talents. And we don't actually invest them for his glory. Uh, so I think fear can often mask a, a much deeper and a much deeper belief system um, about what do we think God's like. Uh, it can also be a barometer of uh, unhealed hurts, unmet needs, unresolved issues that have come uh, from childhood or from other trauma. So we just need to be very careful and actually ask God for discernment and wisdom to actually. Uh, ascertain or discern where where is this coming from and what is it and what do I need to do always love that we can talk about any issue around money when we're talking Justin uh, there seems to be and you know listeners might have their own thoughts on these sorts of issues but there seems to be an issue around money where we turn up at church and we're encouraged to give and it's this thought that uh, give and receive, and we know that actually is a, a biblical foundation to that, but sometimes we don't get past this idea that, oh, I've got to buy a new car or uh, we've got to get into a bigger house and there are some needs that we have for putting food on the table and a roof over our head, but progressing to appreciate kingdom issues, as you say, uh, you know, uh, 
the generosity that comes of spirit, of, uh, of acknowledging who God is. Getting to that point, sometimes for people that's a big jump to understand kingdom responsibility when we are prospering and we are doing well. Yeah, there's, there's often been a, a saying, you know, the greatest thing that people are aware of, uh, the greatest fear that people have is that they're actually powerful beyond belief. And, you know, I've been exploring this topic in my personal life. Um, you know, whatever we make agreement with is what uh, we will become. And so, you know, I believe that God wants us to grow and, and explore more and more and more what does it mean uh, to be co-laborers and sons of God. And if, if we have a look at some of the scriptures, what we're actually called to is actually a really big deal. So, you know, one of the scriptures that comes to mind is, you know, all the fullness of Jesus, uh, all the fullness of the Father was, was in Jesus. And then it says, and you have been given fullness in Christ. That's much, much, much more than what we're currently living in as a church. Uh, the other thing I would say is that um, the scripture that comes to mind is uh, Romans 8, the end of uh, Romans 8. You know, God's already given us the biggest gift in Jesus. That That's the treasure. That's the ultimate treasure that we have. And everything else is a part of that. So I, I believe the more and more and more we pursue intimacy with the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and the more we uh, come into agreement with our lives being more and more and more focused on the kingdom of heaven, all the other things will be added to us, as, as it says, but added to us is for the purpose of the kingdom of God being extended and for all our needs being met. But it's, 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 not, uh, it's not something that just magically happens. It has to be pursued intentionally. I think you're sharing some very profound things and uh, there may be listeners who'd like to contribute uh, on a level like this as we're talking about money and fear, uh, you touch on something so, so powerful, Justin, the fear of being powerful uh, beyond belief because uh, we perhaps are the carriers or we are the agents of power much, much greater than any of us perceives. And sometimes we talk about knowledge is power, and uh, but somehow rather in there, in the conversation today, money is also power. And so... For the believer, how we use the money, how we use the knowledge about that, how we use the uh, the money as a powerful tool, this comes down to our humility and uh, being aware that God has responsibility on us. So this fear of being powerful beyond belief, this is related somehow to understand responsibility. Correct, correct. And, you know, when we... And I come back to what we said before, a lot of the fear, not just around money, but fear in general, is based on our belief system. You know, what is our father like? Is he generous? Is he warm? Um, is, he, is he kind? And then also, what is the nature of his relationship that, that Jesus has reconciled us to? And so there is no fear in love. And so anytime we have fear, apart from reverential fear of God, we know it's a barometer that it's inviting us to have a look inside and say, you know, what are the unhealed hurts? What are my unmet needs? What, what are my unresolved issues that I need to uh, explore? And God's inviting me into that that process. The other thing is that, you know, being a son of God and a co-laborer of, of Christ, which is what Paul said, our inheritance is, um, is a pretty big deal. And so 
why shouldn't we expect, why shouldn't Christians expect to, to have uh, lots of wisdom? Uh, we have the mind of Christ, as Paul said, which is also a pretty big deal. So I guess the, the main focus of this call, I want to call all of us, including myself, to a much greater vision that if we have the king of the universe living inside of us and all his unlimited wisdom and resources available to us, then surely that means that we have an upgrade uh, in all things, including how we think about money, how we steward money, how we invest money, and then how we actually um, uh, grow, grow our wealth and also grow our impact in the world. Amazing stuff. In fact, when we're talking about conquering a fear about money, what you're saying is there's a deeper foundation. It's not just uh, how you spend it or how you receive it, but this conquering fear is about understanding what our Heavenly Father is like. I wonder if we got practical here for a few moments, and we'll get practical as the conversation goes on, but if you find out what your Heavenly Father is like, how does that relate to how we are as parents to our own children and teaching them about money? Mm -hmm. Great question. So if our Heavenly Father has all, all wealth and all riches in everything, then surely as well we want to be teaching our children that trust in uh, their Heavenly Father is, is the number one foundation in life. And that if we get that right, everything else will come into play. The other thing is uh, teaching that there is processes to go through as well in anything, in any type of growth. And I think a lot of the fear that we sometimes feel is actually just the uncomfortableness that comes from learning new things. You know, when I was in my 20s, I used to find it very stressful to learn new things. But as I've grown in life and business and also taking risks, I come to know that actually being uncomfortable is actually the place where most growth happens because it means you are learning new things, it means you're being stretched, and it also means you have to rely on God more. So I I think just be aware, listeners, that fear, what you perceive as fear, may not be fear at all. It may be just the uncomfortableness that comes from uh, doing new things, and that's okay, and be comfortable with that process and know that our Father is with us as we go on this journey. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Always love a conversation with Justin Pagotta, who leads the ministry called 1010, 1010life.com.au. Hey, Justin, let's take a call. Uh, Eve is in Clifton on the Darling Downs in Queensland. Hi, Eve. Welcome along. Hi. Good morning. Eve, great to hear from you. What are your thoughts? Um, uh, very interesting that um, you're talking about money because it's been um, something that I've been wrestling with God about. And, um, yeah, just letting go and um, just saying that God will provide. And uh, he has. Every time we have a need, he's pretty much provided the exact amount. So um, just trusting fully in God to provide. Eve, you're raising something really important here, and I'm sure there's some extra dimensions that our guest is going to bring. Uh, Justin, your thoughts for Eve around uh, letting go and letting God and actually recognising that he does intervene with some amazing, miraculous provision. 
Oh, absolutely. And so it is a journey of trust. So the whole Christian life is a journey of trust, uh, money being a part of it. So I would say that God loves to uh, actually loves to provide from us in miraculous ways, but he also likes us to journey with him and take action and actually learn new things so that we can actually, uh, you know, learn how to make money or learn how to invest or how to um, grow our money in practical ways as well. So I don't think it's either or. I think it's it's both ends, that we want to grow in seeing God provide for our needs miraculously, but also as well invest our time uh, and talents in actually learning how to to be more effective stewards of the wealth that we do have so that it grows. Eve, when those provisions come, uh, how hard is it or how easy it is is it to actually recognise it was the hand of God? Uh, for myself, I'm um, because as, as um, Justin says, you learn along the way how to um, to be um, mindful of your money and um, just the the um, recognition and the praise to give to God that is Him and it's His and we're stewards of the money and um, knowing that. If we trust in him, if we learn um, about how to um, manage our money and know that uh, if we're doing it like 10 10 and um, just the, the whole pure gratefulness of what he's provided is just a more and more um, um, plentiful to be able to realise that, yes. Eve, wonderful insight you're bringing here. And uh, Justin, this is, I think, what I'm hearing from Eve is uh, a mature way of thinking about money because recognising that the provision comes from God and that we are stewards of what he's given. Any further thoughts for Eve? Uh, Wonderful thoughts, Eve. The other thing I'm picking up from what you said is is just gratefulness. you know, probably a fairly a scary question maybe to ask ourselves is how much do we actually need and how much is actually, you know, wants that's come from our culture. Um, I'm always amazed when I go to the Philippines that people there have hardly anything but they're extremely grateful for, you know, having any sort of house to live in, having food to eat and, um, and you know, really the basics and necessities of life. And sometimes, you know, when I come back to Australia, I get culture shock and I realise that, uh, people, some people here have much, much more than what the Filipinos do, but they're actually unhappy because they're looking at what they don't have, as opposed to, as you said, being grateful about uh, what we do have. So I think we do have a bit of a Western uh, culture these days that uh, we have to, I guess, uh, look at and and say, uh, have we actually been influenced by the culture of the day, or how much is is enough, and what does it actually mean for God? provide all our needs as Paul said Eve in Clifton on the Darling Downs Eve thank you so much for your call our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316 we're talking about conquering fear of money today Justin Pagotto is our guest 
Justin, it's almost as though, uh, now this is an interesting one because we might think if we can recognise miracles, uh, we're doing good, mature things. But it seems to me when it comes to money, the shallow end of the pool is recognising God's miraculous provision. The deep end is really about exercising faith for bigger purposes. Any thoughts here on uh, on what actually is the mature Christian way of looking at money rather than uh, rather than just a, a reliance on a you know a a, a miraculous provision? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a good question to ask. If does God always want us to live <clears throat> in the realm where we require miracle to miracle um, to live from paycheck to paycheck? Uh, for some people, that might be their their portion. Uh, for a season of their life, uh, to learn how to trust God at a higher level. But I think, uh, yeah, there's much more deeper things in God that he wants to actually learn and teach us how to actually uh, live in the in the promised land of abundance. But abundance not for ourselves so much, but abundance so that we can sow into the kingdom at a far greater level than what we currently have. So I would agree wholeheartedly. Okay, let's take another call. James is in Kyabram in Victoria. Hi, James. Welcome. G'day, Neil, once again. Yes, I, I'm very interested in the conversation. And uh, as, I, as my main theme has always been, it's always about relationship. Um, and John, John 10 goes on to say, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So what I, everything is opportunity to learn his voice, like I can get before God and say, is there a passage you want me to read, Father? And he'll give me that passage, and I'm learning his voice. And it's the same with money. If God says to me, I want you to give $16, and I give $17, I've disobeyed God. If I give God, he said 16, I give $15, I disobey him. But if he says 16, I give 16, I've obeyed his voice. And it's learning that voice. So I to- totally agree with the... Uh, what the speaker's saying about God not wanting us to be impoverished because as he said, as we know, he said that he came that we would have life and have it to the, and have it abundantly, that it's always an opportunity to learn his voice. So we can develop that relationship. That's my view and opinion um, from, from the father. I'll actually learned that for a guy named John Abazzini, but most people would condemn him because they thought he was a prosperity gospel but you can still learn from these men you can glean wherever you uh you know there's someone teaching something that's revelatory um without hearing it often james good thoughts uh, obedience an important element there uh, your thoughts for james justin i think he's hit the nail on the head you can't divorce intimacy with god with anything in the kingdom it's uh like we said there's no division between secular and secular we're one person in Christ with the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And so we should be walking in intimacy step by step with the Spirit. And when we do that, um, you know, the John 10.10 10 is a byproduct of living in intimacy and walking in step by step, as James said. So great, great to uh, emphasize that, James. James, thank you so much for your call. Let's squeeze in one more call before the news. Larry is in Renmark in South Australia. Hi, Larry. Welcome. Good morning. Larry, need to be quick. What are your thoughts? Um, our Lord does want us to be successful with our money, wise with our money, and to be careful givers. 
we provide about a thousand dollars a month to our churches, to um, the Christian Vision Radio Station. So our Lord provides for us, and we just like to share. Larry, good point you're making there, and uh, there have been so many very, uh, very generous uh, supporters of this radio ministry and, of course, uh, supporters of your local church, which is something you're called on to do every week. Uh, Oftentimes, you know, the bag's being passed around, or these days there's an electronic way that you can give in your local church, which is that stake in the ground, God's church in your community, which is a really powerful part of uh, what you're called to do and to be. Uh, A very quick response here for Larry. Uh, from you, Justin. Yeah, so in that intimacy and friendship uh, vein that James, our previous caller, talked about, you know, I think God wants to be in relationship with us and then he will also put burdens on our heart to support various things. And so it's in that relationship and co-laboring with God that you actually, uh, he'll put on burdens on your heart on which things to sow into And it'll be a place of great joy when we do that. So joy and giving and intimacy with God are are all just um, part of the Christian life. Justin, before we move on, because I want to talk about uh, this concept, you have five levels of wealth. Before we do, though, let's hear from another listener. Wayne is in Mackay in Queensland. Hi, Wayne. Welcome. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, well... I've come from a, a place where I've, well, compared to the lifestyle I'm living now, I wasn't a Christian. It was like living in poverty compared to the way I am now because of all the principles that God's taught me through tithing and giving and not only being a good steward of, of, of money but of myself towards others. And you can't outgive God. I mean, even with the church that I go to, they, they do a thing on faith promises and you're not obligated to give. As, and if God gives you a certain amount to give, I mean, we give to the missionaries or wherever God puts on our hearts to be giving. And, yeah, you, you can't outgive God. You just steward your whole life to him the best you can. He doesn't expect you to be perfect, but do the best you can. And, um, yeah, he, he goes before you wherever you go and everything. Wayne, what a profound, amazing insight you're bringing. And uh, just to bring Justin in here, uh, just to draw attention, if you're not living for God, you're living in poverty. And this is Wayne's experience. Uh, What are your thoughts, Justin? I think there are two profound things, that uh, true prosperity can only be found in God. Uh, And the second one, which I loved, absolutely loved, is we need to steward our whole life. You know, that's discipleship, isn't it? To just steward our whole life. Money is a is a big part of that, but it's it's not the only part of it. So I love that, Wayne. Well well done. Wayne, you'll no doubt have a longer story to tell, uh, but, you know, when you finally had that encounter with Christ and your life was turned around, uh, there was lots of things, no doubt, that changed, but your attitudes to money, obviously, were one of the big things that changed in you. I had no value in anything. It was either because I I uh, grew up on the street, so it was either drugs, alcohol, or just live the life the, the way that the world does now. And um, I, now I own my own house. I love giving. I love tithing. I love giving myself. And um, God just backs himself up 
100% every time. And the good thing about it is he doesn't expect me to be perfect. I'm a work in progress and I will be that way until I go home. So I do my best and let God do the rest. Wayne, you're an inspiration. Thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. I wanted to uh, come into uh, one of the things that we'd uh, thought about talking about, Justin, is that how we actually think about wealth. Uh, You've got some thoughts on five levels of wealth. How might we understand those if we're talking about money today and uh, conquering fears? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, Confucius said, you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. So I think the first step is actually opening up ourselves to God and saying, I want you to lead and guide me more and more in this area. I want to surrender, as as Wayne said, you know, my whole life to you, and I want you to teach and train me. So that that's the first step. But the second step is, you know, getting a vision for well, where are you actually going? As as Proverbs says, you know, without vision we perish. And so let's have a look at the five levels of wealth. Okay, so the first one is, uh, you know, people really enslaved in debt. And what we mean by that is uh, uh, debt means when you're actually worse, worse less than zero. So what you owe is, is uh, more than you know, the sum of all your, your actual assets. Okay, so, you know, that's you know, the first, you know, really subsistence, even uh, extreme poverty level, when you actually do not have an, enough money to live uh, day by day. Um, you know, it's interesting that the word mortgage, you know, the French word for mortgage, means debt until death. Okay, so... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a real slavery, isn't it? In the Western world. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating. We live in a world where, uh, you know, I think Australia uh, and Japan um, and also all the nations of the world through all the money printing that has gone on since the GFC and especially in the last two years with COVID that we're actually living in a world full of debt and uh, that's not God's way. Okay, the yep. second area... Okay, is scarcity, where you've got some money, but, you know, it's pretty tight and you don't have uh, any money to do pretty much anything uh, discretionary. And so that's the second place. And, you know, when you're into scarcity, it really determines the choices that you can make. It determines where you can go, what you can do, which, again, back to what we've been saying before, is that God's plan that, uh, everyone on the planet lives in scarcity where they don't have choices to be powerful, where they don't have choices to actually invest in things that will bring him glory and also just to enjoy his his beauty and creation as well. Um, so debt and scarcity, unfortunately, can be seen as normal and that's why uh, I want to encourage everyone to break agreements you know, with poverty and break agreement with, with scarcity and lack and to say, God, I want uh, your your John 10.10 life living in me in every area of my life. Um, okay, so we've got the first level debt, 
second level second scarcity. One is scarcity. Where is okay. where are we at with number three on this five levels? Okay, the third one is healthy level, right? So <clears throat> we're talking about, and we're not talking primarily around financial, uh, physical health, but there is. Uh, very interestingly, there's a pretty strong correlation between being financially healthy and physically healthy. Um, so regarding health, health, healthy doesn't mean that you're rich, but it does mean you know you you are getting there. So you're starting to have a clear place in, plan in place to become financially free. Um, and you've got more than enough to cover your bills, have some left over, and so you can feel uh, good about your financial health. Right, so once people get to this level, um, you know, there's a certain level of health in everything that you do, and you're not stressed around money. Okay, so that's the third level. Okay. Yep. What's the level fourth four? level is the, is the prosperity zone. Okay, so in that now, you know, all your bills um, are covered. You know, there's no you don't even think about whether you've got enough money to to do that. You're in the business of being in business and creating multiple streams of income so that people no longer have to rely on a single job or, uh, you know, being uh, laid off from their job or things going wrong or not having enough money in the bank account or some uh, big bills coming through. Um, so there's lots of sources of money and also money making money. So the accumulating enough assets so that those things are actually growing our wealth as well. There might be automated savings plans in place, investment strategies in place, uh, and can be making decisions without having to think about the cost of how much things are. And we're all looking forward to what's on this fifth level. The fifth one is wealthy, okay, and this is where people that are always have excess cash. They have everything, uh, they have more than enough in life, and if they don't, they know how to get it. They don't think in scarcity, they have abundant cash flow systems in place, um, but they also realise they need to, they're constantly needing to learn. Um, and so the wealthy understand the way to success is through the continuous pursuit of knowledge. And so the wealthy are lifelong learners, generous and successful. And, and are offering mentoring other people and they'll have systems in place to allow them to earn, spend, save, invest and give away their money in the wisest possible manner. Um, the wealthy also know that when challenges come their way, um, as they do for everyone, these challenges are in fact opportunities. All right. Okay. And listeners might like to contribute uh, your own thoughts around those five levels. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Mel in Queensland. Hi, Mel. Welcome. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I just wanted to alert listeners to a free online confidential 15-week program for anyone who's got problems with hoarding. It's run by catholichealthcare.com.au and it's a program um, that's um, highly facilitated um, and it gives training and support for people um, who have uh, problems or tendencies around hoarding. 
Thank you. Wonderful stuff, Mel. Uh, Just stay on the line for a moment because this is a very interesting uh, element here because we might all think about what our personality might be around money and possessions. Uh, Justin, Mel's raising something pretty significant here. Some people have a a hoarding mentality and I imagine that some of the things we're talking about around God and our wealth actually are about breaking some of those thoughts about being a hoarder when it comes to finance and all sorts of other elements of our life. Any thoughts here for Mel and as she's uh, highlighting that course from Catholic Healthcare? Yeah, it's an interesting thing, hoarding, isn't it? And, you know, it can be just things. Um, I was aware of uh, someone, I won't say where they live and whatever and, and the nature of it, just to keep it confidential, and they just were compulsive buyers of of things. And so when they died, um, one of my relatives had to go and clean out certain things and they just found storage facilities full of stuff, just full of uh, products. And so again, we have to ask, is that God's plan that we're hoarders? Because <laughs> it sounds to me that hoarding is very, is just another... Um, byproduct of fear what is the fear that's going to make you compelled to keep buying and buying and buying things now that's on the product level on the wealth level um, Jesus also talked about the guy who um, hoarded all his grain and you know he thought that he was actually secure in having enough grain and so he built the big grain grain um, uh, Silence. The storehouse of grain, and then he died that very night. And so Jesus said, don't put your trust in wealth. So we've got to recognize sometimes there's a few slippery things that we need to just keep working through. What does abundance mean? What doesn't it mean? And so it doesn't mean just hoarding resources for yourself um, and not actually using them to benefit other people. We've got Mel still on the line. Mel, I'm not sure how deep you understand all of this and uh, I really appreciate you calling in and drawing attention to this course that you can do through Catholic Health Care. But are you aware just how significant the hoarding issue is in people's lives? Uh, yes, I have some knowledge of this. I understand that uh, local council, uh, local councils um, are just uh, got a bit of a battle on their hands regarding hoarding, um, which affects not only uh, individuals but um, you know neighbouring uh, neighbours and and you know other people affected by the hoarding. Um, so yeah, I just felt it was important just to raise about that program. It's very important to raise these matters, um, you know, gently and, and sensitively. Um, when these tendencies do occur. And in fact, um, I actually uh, assisted a, uh, a former um, uh, um, associate who, who uh, revealed to us that uh, she had these, uh, these issues and uh, we prayed about that and, and supported that person. And there was a miraculous breakthrough that uh, that person had um, very miraculous breakthrough. So yes, I would encourage people to, to get help and, and, uh, and stand by people um, if they have those tendencies. Mel, thank you so much for a good contribution today and just raising this issue of hoarding. Appreciate uh, your calling in, Mel. And before we move on from this, uh, as you say, Justin, the thought of 
compulsive buying of things. Uh, And when we think of hoarding, we're thinking of extremes here. But I'm just, uh, you know, mindful of the fact that sometimes we have a fun throwaway line about going shopping to do retail therapy. And there's this thought that, uh, you know, that buying some more material possessions will make me happier. So I better go shopping because shopping makes me happy. It's almost like a forerunner to the thought of hoarding. And uh, I know some people might not agree with that. But what are your thoughts here on, on the fact that, if you are having this sort of uh, retail therapy idea, that actually that might actually highlight a fear that you have around your own uh, security and your own possessions. Any thoughts here? Well, it's whatever's going to make you... Um, where, where do you find your strength and identity from and where do you actually go when you're feeling um, insecure or unloved? Now, if it's to hoarding or shopping, then, you know, that's a counterfeit, isn't it? And so I think we need to be self-aware enough to go, okay, what does my heart actually need? My heart actually needs to be topped up again with the love of God and to be strengthened with his divine might in my identity. And then, you know, sure, you know, there's nothing wrong with going going for a coffee or going, you know, to the shops for things. But, you know, I think we just need to really be aware of what's motivating us in these things. So if you're appreciating where your identity is found, there's a key there in breaking the fear factor around money because identifying with God uh, puts you ahead of the game here and not just floundering around uh, going from, uh, you know, next dollar to next dollar. You mentioned the thought of breaking agreement with fear. Is there a sense in which the way we're raised in an ungodly way uh, actually has us so dependent on money or our fear of money that that we need to get free of those things? What do you mean by breaking agreement with fear? Well, uh, our belief system is actually where the spirit realm lives. So what we make agreement with, and this is how God's designed uh, human beings is that whatever you agree with uh, is what will um, manifest in your life. So if you're, uh, and these are deep things, you know, that happened in our conscious, uh, unconscious and subconscious levels. But once we start to see uh, certain patterns happening in our lives, a lot of the time they're due to agreements that we've made or there might be inner vows that we've made. And so we need to. Uh, break our agreements with things which don't line up to God's word, uh, actions in our heart that don't line up to what God says and the fruit of the Spirit, and on the converse, uh, make agreements with God's way of things, make agreements with God is my leader, that God is my provider, that God is my perfect father, that uh, perfect love casts out fear. So wherever there's fear, there's not love can't coexist. And so, you know, the renewing of the mind, Romans 12, 12, it's such a huge part of actually moving forward in the Christian life in discipleship and also with stewarding money. And so, you know, breaking agreements and making agreements so your mind is renewed to the mind of Christ, which is a constant process, should be just normal Christianity. Normal Christianity and something we all grow in because you don't get an automatic download. At that point, you have an encounter with God and growing in knowledge. And I imagine that's a lifelong pursuit. Coming back to our parent role here, because our children, uh, not wanting them to fail 
or have a very poor perception of the value of money, the sorts of things that we might as parents do. And and what I think listeners can hear is that uh, role modelling how you deal with uh, difficult circumstances and what you do with money and your attitude to it and your identity in Christ, these things are actually one of the best things we do as parents as we actually raise our children to have those different values around money. Any thoughts here for how this works with parents and how the children that we have uh, capture our values around money? Well, you can't give away what you don't have yourself, right? So most of these things uh, are things which need to be cultivated and also as parents we cultivate the culture in our house. And so I would say for not only us, but if we don't have a culture where we're showing our kids uh, and modelling what it means to grow in stewardship, to grow in learning how to save, invest, spend, uh, give, um, and we're not modelling about uh, the five levels of wealth, then by default, what our kids will actually get is, and we talked about this in previous shows, they will actually get the culture of the world, which is uh, money, consumption, uh, focus on yourself, meet all your needs through possessions, which is not not uh, not obviously God's way. And so... Uh, I just encourage all parents, and there's lots of resources, you know, on our website and also um, a lot of the resources that I've been talking about are through Financial Freedom for Kids, which I'm a global ambassador for, which you can find out more on our our website. Um, you know, we invest in things, and why should, you know, at the moment, the richest people in the world are not Christians, right? And they are bringing a certain culture to the planet. Which is not, which sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's not that helpful. So, why should we actually shy away from investing our lives in something which is going to make a huge difference, not just now, but for all of eternity, in learning about money and wealth? Well, no doubt some listeners will want to listen to this conversation again on a podcast later on this afternoon. We might all be asking, Justin, why didn't we hear these sorts of wise understandings from our own parents? And of course, we have an opportunity to be able to pass on these things to our children, not just have to hear some great wisdom on the radio. Uh, We want our children to be able to capture these sorts of values from our own hearts, in our own families. And so for listeners to connect today with Justin Pagotto, who leads the ministry 1010, uh, let me point you to the website, 1010life.com.au. And there are lots of great resources that you can access absolutely free. Uh, There's some courses and things that you can participate in there, and they might not be free, but they might be hugely worthwhile uh, connecting with as your family. So 1010life.com.au. Some free gifts for listeners who go on to your website today. How to build a lifelong bond with your kids and turn them into better humans. And uh, top 10 things parents need to teach their kids and teens about debt now. Uh, Lots of good free resources. And uh, Justin, uh, listeners, in earlier conversations, taking advantage of your resources, you've made connections with lots of Vision listeners, haven't you? Absolutely, absolutely. That's all about, you know, this is part of my stewarding wealth well is to actually be a gift to people and actually to help uh, them learn this stuff a lot faster than what it took me to do it. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, it's just a good,
good example. All these free gifts and all these tools and resources have been done to actually empower and equip you to actually move forward in this, not only for you, but also your family, um, faster and faster. And we'll set another date to have another deeper conversation like we do have Justin Pagotto. Uh, let me point listeners, 1010life.com.au and you can also keep a regular update. You can join the 1010 Family Life Facebook group. Justin Pagotto, great insights as always. Thank you so much for sharing those with listeners today on 2020. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.